Welcome to the Empowered Spirit Show. This is your host, Terry Ann Hyman. I'll explore the connection to the human spirit in a way that helps to navigate your life, including crisis. I am passionate about helping you to open up to your intuition and the metaphysical world of spirit to find your confidence and your own inner guidance. Take a pause, be inspired, learn ways to show up focused, centered, and more dynamic in your everyday life. Welcome back to the Empowered Spirit Show. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining me today. This episode is being brought to you by Forecast, located in Homewood, Alabama. Forecast is a hair salon on a mission to shape a movement in the beauty industry, focusing on education, fashion, and creativity. Forecast strives to train stylists with the latest in education to provide their guests with the latest trends. Follow them on Instagram at Forecast Salon or find them online at ForecastSalon.com. The Lion's Gate. Yes, I loved my meditations into this portal. People ask me like, how do you do that? Well, it is what I teach, but it's also about your commitment and making these meditations, these mornings of energy work, energy medicine as I see it, making them a priority, trusting and allowing and not second guessing yourself. But it is tuning in each and every day to your spirit, to the messages of your own inner guidance. And now as this podcast airs, we're moving through the full moon energies into the release stages, the waning of the moon in Pisces. There are lots of unseen cosmic forces going on. Change, evolution, new dreams, hence new spiritual contracts. When was the last time you made a new contract for yourself? Schedule a spiritual upgrade, breakthrough call with me, and let's talk about how we can do this with you. And this is the rhythm of where we are right now, new phases. Now we're starting to come on the other side of summer. The days are getting shorter. I've been noticing this when I get up and in the evenings, but look around. Notice the growth. Notice your gardens. Look how much has grown. Feel the abundance in your life. Such a great reflection from Mother Earth herself during the season of summer. And this is the time to know your energy, your truth, your voice, your spirit. It's so valuable at this time. And that's where the rites come in to help you move through your everyday life. Rites being Reiki, intuition, tarot, EFT, and stones and crystals. Finding ways to tend to the struggles of your life with these tools can add inspiration, amusement, and joy. It can free you from the stress that is going on in the world. It will help you to look at life from a different perspective. All of these cosmic forces and energy alignments I talk about on my Energy Focus for the Week, which you can find live on Sunday nights on Instagram and Facebook. We talk about what's going on. We align our energy, set intentions for the week, and I pull the tarot cards for guidance. As we move through these cosmic transitions, now is the time to clean up your energy with an energy clearing session. Allow for a tune-up. Notice what you need to balance. You can schedule in person or online. When you work with the energy body, it helps to release the old patterns and all that energy just hanging around, accumulating. Links will be in the show notes. When you start going within and connecting to your soul and your spirit, you will find your answers. Side effects, yes, you may see yourself as you really are, speaking up, voicing your ideas, being strong in your boundaries, excelling in your life. You may experience loss of excess baggage, resulting in these major life changes. 
Come experience different energy tools, techniques, ways to center your energy. Come raise your vibration so that you can release the energy drains and limited beliefs that hold you back. Links will be in the show notes. In today's episode, I bring back to the show one of my shamanic teachers, Itzhak Berry. I invited Itzhak back to talk about his understanding of the prophecies coming forward, the condor and the eagle, as well as plant medicine and what he is seeing coming forward right now, especially the popularity of it. We talk about the prophecy, the balance, initiation, changes we must all endure, still no shape of what's to come, in between changing of the guards, light workers, light workers as agents of change, soldiers of change, as he emphasizes. And we do get into plant medicine, the popularity, what to know, how to choose a teacher, the ceremony, and the deep roots that these ceremonies hold. Before we begin, let's take a moment to pause, to breathe, and set an intention for where you are right now. So wherever you are, if you can, close your eyes. Taking a nice deep inhale, breathing all the way up the body. And exhale, breathing all the way back down, slowing down, pausing. Inhale, opening up through the belly as you bring the breath all the way up the body. And exhale, pulling that breath all the way back down deep into the earth. Inhale, call in your spirit. Feel the energy coming right around you. Call your spirit in. Exhale, grounding. Inhale, opening the heart in that very deepest part. Feel that connection of your spirit and the greater spirit. Know that you are known. Know that you are loved. Taking another deep inhale up the body. And exhale all the way back down. Just centering your energy. Feeling this awareness in your heart. Taking a moment and noticing. Noticing where you are on this great wheel of life. Of summer. In the medicine wheel, as I teach, we find summer in the direction of the south. Imagine yourself standing in this direction, feeling the sun beaming down on your head, noticing your life, all the growth around you right now, the joy, the amusement. Notice the things that you've done, connecting with the divine feminine, that nurture that wild woman within you. Calling in the directions for guidance and protection to the south, the west, the north, and the east, above us, 
below us, right into the very center. Feel that deep connection, setting an intention for where you are right now. And just allow these elevated emotions, how you want to feel, the joy, the peace, the abundance, the love, and let it just radiate out from your heart all around you. Taking another deep inhale and exhale, centering your energy, grounding, holding this vibration from your heart and just bring some focus to that third eye. And then as you're ready, blinking the eyes back open. So my guest today, Itzhak Barry, is a leading shamanic teacher, healer, speaker, community activist, and author of three Amazon best-selling books. He received an Ambassador for Peace Award from the Universal Peace Federation and the UN. Since 1995, he bridges the spiritual and practical wisdom his indigenous and Western teachers entrusted in him with a powerful contemporary approach relevant to our stressful and unbalanced modern times. Etoc leads and participates in numerous online webinars, shamanic circles, and trips to the Ecuadorian Andes and the Amazon and Yucatan. He is the author of The Gift of Shamanism, Shamanism Transformations, Shamanism Healing, Traditional Medicine for the World. He is the founder and publisher of shamanicportal.org, the global shamanic resource hub, co-founder of the New York Shamanic Circle, shamaniccircle.org, and founder of the Shamanic Andes Summit. Itzhak's work has been featured in a variety of worldwide publications, including the New York Times, radio, and television. He is a frequent speaker at conferences and festivals, and he hosts and participates in shamanic webinars. Itzhak was featured in the films The Hindenburg Omen and Dance of Liberation. In 1999, Itzhak formed a program called The Bridge to inspire and motivate high school and college students, our future leaders, to connect with their inner knowledge and power, and to chart a more peaceful and sustainable future. An accomplished visual artist and owner of an award-winning advertising agency, he grew up on Kibbutz Biat Alpha in Israel and lives in New York. He is a husband, father, and proud grandfather of six amazing souls. So let us welcome Itzhak back to the show. Welcome, Itzhak. Thank you. Thank you for having me back. Yeah, I had to look up when it was. As we were saying before we hit record, it was like 2020, two years an intense two years. Well, we all went through um, initiation, I think. Or we're still going through initiation. Yeah. I agree with that. Still going through. I know I've been through many changes. And just feel like this deepness within my own self is actually starting to open up as I'm slowing down. <laughs> I think there's a correlation there. Wouldn't you agree? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you're in New York City. 
Yeah. And I know that COVID kind of kept you in New York City probably longer than you wanted, but tell us a little bit about some of your travels now as you open back up to the world and things that you've been encountering in the work that you're doing. Well, you know, I, it's very hard for me to stay in one place. You know, like I was traveling for so long, for so much, you know. So I, I did go over the last year or so, I, I, um, I did t take uh, two groups to Ecuador and we did some um, work there. And then I also went to Colorado and for Israel and other places like that. So I was like trying to test the water. But I think that what, what struck me now is that the desire of people to move, to get it over with, to, um, and then also at the same time, the fear of uh, do I do it too much? Do do I what risk do I take of myself? Um, and I think that it's it's kind of like um, pretty much in the general mood. Um, it's we are really in in a very peculiar time. Uh, like I like I think I, we talked about it before about the changing of the changing of times of the period of time of the. Hachakutis, uh, or the, the condor and the eagle time. And um, that transition that we are all experiencing now, the, the um, old way of thinking about the world that is based on fear, uh, the masculine energy that is symbolized by the eagle, is giving room now for um, a different, different energies, the energies of the condor. And uh, the, which is the en energy of the heart, the energy of intuition and, and harmony, cooperation, and of course, the feminine energy. So it's the return of the feminine energy. I mean, this process started in 1993, uh, 500 years after the occupation of the uh, Spaniard of South America. And so the old way of, the old world, the old way of thinking, the masculine corporate, army industrial uh, is still tr trying to grab or destroy every change possible and we can see that you know with the political uh, arena and with economic and global warming and all of that um, the old way of thinking is gasping its its last breath i hope and then on the other on the other hand um, there is a new like you said before, like there's a new beginning. Uh, there's a feeling of some kind of optimism, some kind of a new direction, a new uh, way of being in the world that it still don't have a shape. They, they didn't have yet uh, the people who will be the leaders of that or the, the community that would drive it. But in many ways, you and I and the people who are listening to us and, and many people in the uh, shamanic or spiritual community we are the soldiers of that change we are like the the agent of that change and that's why it's so important for all of us to understand that we are now in the in between the changing of the gods or the world uh, from the more masculine militaristic industrial world into a more cooperative more global more feminine and that we we have, as much as it's so difficult for us to be in that in between the world, we have to, to remember to set a sight to the future. And especially for, you know, for my children and for my grandchildren to not to be so pessimistic 
that the world is coming to an end, but maybe there is a new beginning that is the, the, the dark forces are still holding on to the old world that worked for them for 500 years. Yeah, I agree. And I like that idea that, you know, there is an optimism coming because for so long it was such so much dread. And I actually do sense there is still a lot of dread going on, that people don't quite know how to break through. And there seems to be, I guess because of the work I do, he talked, but there seems to be still a resistance to going within, still a resistance to having a spiritual meditation practice, modalities, however you want to look at that, I still see there is that. So a lot of things are still breaking down, but I love the idea that there is a newness coming forward. I really yeah. do. And that idea of the eagle and the condor and letting the condor rise, not that we discard the eagle, we'll never do that, but letting that perspective open up and shift a little bit. Well, the prophecy of the condor eagle doesn't say that the eagle will die or disappear. No, that the, the prophecy is that the eagle and the condor will be dancing or flying in a dance of eternity in the blue sky, in the dance of harmony, mm. cooperation. So in other words, I don't think that we need to become condors or the condors need to be eagle, but we need to learn how to share that knowledge with each other for mm. the benefit of all. So it, mm, we don't ask that. the people from the West to change. And that's what's so difficult about um, people now, their consciousness is uh, nobody wants you to change, but we want you to understand that the march of time, the new Pachacuti arrived. And we ask you to be part of that agent of change, a part of that army or forces that will bring that cooperation that you bring that sharing, that understand that the feminine energy, the intuitive part, the nurturing part, um, is as important as the actionable uh, masculine energy that is for, for so long was pushed by the, by the church, by, by corporations, by, by big institutions, and they pushed away all, all intuition, feeling, uh, harmony, and uh, compassion. So th that is where we are, and we really have to understand that the last Pachacuti, uh, when it took 80 years for the Spaniard to overcome or to make the full change from the period before to the, pe for the period that they started 500 years. So it took 80 years for the change to happen. And we, right now, we are only in almost 30 years. So we have another 50 years to get all of it. We have to get women into Congress. We have to get women into the Senate. We have to get women more in the corporate world. So the way we think about the world will be more come from the, 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 um, the nurturing part, the mothers, the givers, not the takers, the greed, the fear, yeah, I so agree. And I know that it can be disheartening right now and what's going on, seeing how hard the establishment is trying to hold on and take our rights away. I mean, just that whole road versus weight, it's like, come on, 
Really? And that's just like this last attempt, but it's hard for those that are stuck in this era right now that don't have this knowledge. So I appreciate that clarification because I totally agree. It is a collaboration. It is a harmony. It's let's do that dance together. Not anybody take away anything. I think we both can learn, but there does need to be a little breaking down of walls and breaking down of ego and breaking down of trying to control so much and opening up. And I agree so much about the heart. I mean, this is where I know my lessons for my own self is just coming into my heart, coming into my heart, kind of like I do in the opening, like find that place deep within me and work from that place, not the mind, right? And so I do find that these teachings are so much lending themselves that way. And you know, um, you know, I started exactly the same, at the same time that the new Pachakuti started 30 years ago. And um, I remember at that time that we were very few people working in the shamanic traditions and, you know, there were very few books, movies, any, nobody heard about this whole idea of shamanic teaching and healing and, and, and especially plant medicine. So in 30 years, everywhere you look, there's the word shaman and people accept that as, as part of almost like mainstream now. Uh, people understand what uh, plant medicine and, and ayahuasca is, and they are all seeking for it. There's a tourism, there's a whole economy around it, which means that basically in 30 years, if you take the, 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 the big eye view of that, is that there is a huge shift in consciousness uh, for the role of the feminine. Hmm. And we are part of that. I mean, it's a very hard for us to understand, to see it, because we don't have the, the full perspectiveness of that. But if you, if you have more, if you take 30 years <laughs> and you see what, what was there 20, 30 years and then what's happening now, uh, you know, on Shaman Portal, which is um, my website, on the Facebook, we have almost 90,000 people mm -hmm. who are, are interested in shamanism alone. So it's huge, it's huge movement that is building up and, you know, I teach also in Europe and other places. So I can see how the society is shifting from, you know, me, 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 greed, 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 fear of not having into a more of a heart-centered society. Uh, how do we share? How do we build? How we, and, and at the same time, more forests are burning, this, more earthquakes and more heat hits in uh, in the uk and uh, and other places in the world that so but that's the nature of change you know there it's a it's a it's not easy and it's not simple it's not easy and it's not simple i totally agree and yes things are changing i've been practicing now i guess my spiritual journey was 25 years ago this month <laughs> 25 years ago this month as i enter into my 65th birthday this week i'll tell you that so yeah right <laughs> and there was a time there was a little bit of time where i was like oh my god my life's over <laughs> you know social security medicare but actually no i've broken through that fear and just like said no this is actually where i feel like i am truly coming alive i feel like the adventures of my life are opening and since we last talked since i last you know did your classes and all i actually did go to costa rica and i did experience some of the plant medicines i did a private time i went all by myself never have done that before private journeys it was pretty amazing it really was and i totally learned a lot and i went asking to rid myself of all the fear that was like my number one intention was fear and let me tell you <laughs> grandmother waska like it was really hard i'm like why am i doing this what do i have to go to these extremes about but i'm very grateful for the way in which i was able to integrate it i really was 
That was really grateful. And then we also experienced some of the San Pedro, the heart opening after that. And that was just such a beautiful way to balance it all out. And I agree. I think more and more people are actually starting to talk about plant medicines. Tell us your perspective on that and what you notice from people as they start to experience it. Because I started 30 years ago, I, um, I have a little different perspective uh, from people who started it uh, recently because I was able to, uh, through John Perkins uh, in 1997, to go to the Shuar and uh, we had like a truly traditional uh, ceremonies. And I, and I also now take people to the Sequoia people, the Psychopi in Ecuador, the jungle, and we, we do only um, traditional, traditional ceremonies, which are very different than the way it's done in Costa Rica and other places like uh, and in in the basements of Brooklyn and other places and, like, and music concerts and everything else, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, it's totally done in a different way. I don't blame the people who are doing it now in a more commercial way because they don't never really met or never understood the sacredness of that or how to do real authentic ceremonies. And, you know, the nature of colonialism is that you take something and then you turn it into yourself and you're making it your own uh, without the regard to the indigenous people. And so that, that is the same thing that happening happening now. Um, I think great value in plant medicine in all its form. I personally don't uh, uh, practice it. Uh, I mean, I consume it, but I don't practice it. I don't hold the ceremonies because out of respect for those people who do spend their life learning about that. Um, I'm very much against for those people who go for a, a month to Peru and they decided to be ayahuasqueros and it, truly they become uh, bartenders, um, not more, not less, because that, you know, as you understand that people who for generations uh, in the jungles, they start consuming plant medicine from the very early age of eight. And so they slowly, slowly develop a relationship with the medicine and a relationship with the cosmic web of the world. So when, when they do it, when they are their time to serve it, they, they, they understand it. Most people in the Western world uh, are going because they want to be initiated because they want to conquer fear because they have a trauma because of all, because they, it's it's uh, in to do because of all kind of uh, um, reasons, but they never really study shamanism. They never really understand the relationship between you and spirit, between you and nature, between you and the elements. They never really know how to navigate the spiritual world. So I think that um, a more mature way is to have, if people wants to do plant medicine, is for them to learn how to journey, how to work with those spirit guide or power animals or other entities, how to navigate between light being and, and dark being, how to, um, how to separate between your body and your soul, which is what ex you experience uh, as a trauma in, uh, in ayahuasca and other uh, medicine. So I think that because of the rush, to experience that, we skip the basic, the language of shamanism. And the language of shamanism, is, as you know, is a language uh, rich in poetry, in symbols and metaphors. And I think that it doesn't give, it doesn't make a good service for people who are 
taking ayahuasca if they don't understand the language of ayahuasca, the language of spirit. Because they might experience something that has something totally meaning, different meaning for them than for what they experience or what they think. So it is very important to have a, an integration or preparation before you do that. Teach people how to speak. I agree that we have to understand even the basic sacred elements, right? Like really understanding what those sacred elements are about and even the whole expansion of plant medicine, you know, all the way down to the herbs we grow. It just doesn't have to be the psychedelic ones. And I think sometimes people miss that. They want to go right for that psychedelic. But I think for me, there were many reasons that I did. One, to explore, to go deeper. I wanted to go deeper. I felt like I needed deeper ceremonies. I know my ceremonies. I know where I've been. I know my teachers. I wanted to go deeper, which is my own reasoning, right? And it was a journey by myself. So I wasn't surrounded by tons of people. It was me. And, you know, my mother showed up. Oh, my gosh. My mother showed up in the second day who has passed drinking it with me. She was right there. It was so real. And it just like confirmed for me the work I do and working with those that pass and working with spirit and working with soul energy. It was so beautiful. It was really just amazing. And the harder part was when I got home. Well, that's why, that's why I think for people who are doing it as a profession and they're making money off it, they have to offer integration. They have to sit down with a person and analyze what they saw and write that poem, write the poetry that came out of it. And I've done that with, with uh, some people who, and I do that every time that I, I, I take people, uh, groups to the Amazon. But for people who are coming back, they need to know that they have somebody who can, they can speak to, understand that it's not, you know, throwing them into yeah. um, a cold world. So it's a very, very important thing. But I think that the other part of it is not the, the end consumer, but I think it's the teachers uh, and the shamans. Because um, I think that we are closing our eyes to the profit and to the commercial aspects of those people who are bartenders or, the, or what they call themselves ayahuasca. But even, even for the people who are um, true shamans that come from other countries, because um, it has become a, com a commercial uh, endeavor and uh, overpriced, overcharged, and under-promised or under-cared. You know, uh, like we said that with the integration part, they, they just give it to you, they tell you that blah, 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 blah. And, and, and. But I think that it's for the, more, the more essential aspect of plant medicine is what does it do to indigenous societies? I'm not even talking about does it deplete the, the chacarona trees and, um, and the ayahuasca vines. You know, it takes five years for, the, for a vine to grow. Do they plant again? How do they harvest it? Do they harvest it in a way that it was traditionally done by singing to each of the leaves, by, by, by singing to the, while you're cooking? Or you, is it done when you have 20 big vats of ayahuasca and commercially done and then shipped in uh, Coca-Cola bottles to people and charged $200 a night. You know, and the money that comes with that, does it use to develop or support the community? Or is it come to enrich the individual shaman? 
and so I, I invite people to think about that, what the responsibility of the shamans or the people who call themselves shamans or the, the bartenders or the ayahuasquero, did they actually have the education, the, the tradition? What is their response, the personal responsibility? It seems to me that that path in our, our rush to, to drink those medicine, we don't even ask the people who are doing it if they are honorable or not. But also, when a person is doing the ceremony and each person pays $200 or $400 per night, they come back with thousands of dollars. And when you go back to the Amazon or to your tribe with so much money and you don't share it with the community, you're creating divisions. You're creating uh, antagonism between those who have and those who doesn't. Actually, they copy our society. So in many ways, every cup that you drink, not in a honorable way, help break the society from which this medicine come from. Yeah, that's such an amazing, important point. It really is. It's so, it's so needed to hear that because I have known several people who go and do different kind of ceremonies, they don't even leave the country. And so that's a great point, right? And asking the people, I went on referral and I don't know if all those questions were answered that you just brought up, but I do know there was a lot of them preparing their own and singing and drumming and they're very off the grid and all the ceremonies. And that was to me like so beautiful you know, to be back there. And it was rainy season too. It wasn't like I was out in the sun at the beaches. It was pouring. I didn't have the right shoes, right? But to me, those are the elements of life. All of that, yeah. But did they ask, or did you ask, what do they do with the money? I did not. I didn't know to ask, and I did not ask. I can look around and see how they're developing what they're doing but I don't know the community they were involved in. No, I don't, honestly. Mm -mm. Which is very important. I agree with you. Because the shamanic work is about community. It's about the well-being of a community. It's how you responsible for the well-being of other people. And when you come back, and I know a few of those shamans who came to Europe or came to the United States, they come back with forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 in their pocket, cash, no taxes go back to, uh, to their countries, they don't build schools, they don't build hospitals, they don't build infrastructure for their village. They keep it for themselves. Yeah. I mean, I know he was feeding several people. I know he was offering, you know, in the help that he had. So I do know that, but I do not know that connection. And I think that's a really good point to keep it to keep it in mind. And for those, you know, that are listening that want to know how to choose somewhere to go, I think these are really great points. I really do. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, it's like I do a lot of sweat lodges. I've been doing sweat lodges for the last 20 something years, but I don't, I'm not a water pour for the very same reasons. I honor the, the lodge and I'm not, and maybe one day I would be trained, but I'm not a water pour. I'll help with the fire. I'll clean up the lodge. I'll set the lodge up, but I honor the same thing. And I really do feel, even though I know a lot of this runs through my blood, but I agree with that and having those traditions and being very respectful is very important. And I think that's a great point that you bring. What are they doing for the community at large? And I think that's really important as we open up. And 
I guess the other point I want to talk a little bit about before we wind down here is like, even like, so now what? What happens when we do that? Where does our consciousness expand? How do we follow up with that? You know, I sometimes think like, if I could hold that vibration all the time, how does that come into play? I'm bottling with that too, you know? I think that we all do because that's what the whole idea of confusion of what's happening okay. around us. Uh, how do how do I understand what's going on? But you know, when you talk when you talk to the shamans in the Amazon and you talk to them about global warming and you're talking to them about all the wars and all of that, they look at you they're like you don't they don't really understand what you're talking about. And I was a little upset about that because here we are, we are fighting to keep the forest going, the Amazon going and, and all of that. And, but in, in, their, in their way, they understand that there is a rhythm to the universe, like the, the new Pachacuti of the 500 years, there's a new, a new 500 years period that will come. And they look at the human life as like, Many people say as spirit with, with, a, with a housing, right? The body or our body is just a, a house. So from the spiritual point of view, if there really will be no humans on this earth, it would be actually very good for the rest of the world. And those spirits may have to travel to the other stars where we came from, you know, the Pallades. So then they're less desperate as we are. And I'm not saying that they say, go ahead and burn the forest, go ahead and burn and let the floods come in. And no, but they're not, they don't, I find it very reassuring in a way that you find your ground, you find your uh, balance with all that storm that is running around you, knowing that you might not be here in the physical form, but you might travel, your soul might travel to where it needs to be. And where you need to be, I, I don't know if you've been there, but I've been there, um, <laughs> um, for real. I, I met my, my spirit group uh, wherever it was, and it was the most beautiful experience that I ever had in my life. So it may be that this is just a phase, that humanity on this earth is just a phase. And we may go back to the, to the Palladius or to the other stars. And maybe on this earth, Oh, the earth will do herself a favor and get rid of people. Yeah, that is a hard concept for many people to understand, but I do know what you're speaking about. I do. And how we have, especially in our country, just overgrown and overpopulated and all this mass produced stuff. I was at a talk last night, Rob Greenfield, who was talking about how we can break away from all of this mass production of everything. It was a fascinating concept and how he himself personally took a whole year off of not buying any food. Now, granted, he did a little bit of a uh, dumpster diving, but days <laughs> to sustain himself. But, but anyway, the point is, is that we are in a cycle. I agree. And I find it reassuring to hear that, that, that peaceful, quiet, slowing down energy is so powerful. It's much more powerful than people give it credit for. It really is. And I've noticed in my own self that I am getting more quiet and slowing down and finding that 
that is where I'm getting my messages. Part of it was because of my health. My health went snow dive after getting COVID, but now it's back, but it made me slow down. And then as I started getting better, here comes the fastness again, right? Like, oh, wait, let's just slow that down, right? Just a little bit. So I can appreciate that. I think there are many, many important lessons coming in right now that can help each of us if we do take that time to do some healing, to get rid of the fear, to open up to that deeper part of us, pull the energy in, stop giving the power out there. And I think that some of these practices, and I mean, and as you said too, like, like the interest in shamanism, the interest in going in, for me, it's Mother Earth. It's just sitting on Mother Earth. I move rocks all the time. <laughs> move a rock, shift some energy. Move a rock, shift some energy. But that's where I do. And like the sweat lodge, that's where my medicine comes from. The true medicine of who I am each and every day. Yeah. All right. Great conversation. So tell us, tell us what's going on in your world. Where are you teaching? Where are you lecturing? What's coming up for you and where you would like me to send everyone to find you? And I still want to go to Israel with you. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about that. Uh, well, I'm continuing to teach. I teach uh, quite a lot. Um, I'm going to be soon in Colorado, fluorescent. Uh, we're going to do some body work, shamanic body work and teaching of... Um, of diagnostic and body work, which is like the healing part that not too much, not too many shamans uh, actually practice. And so it's a good opportunity to learn. And then I'll do the same thing in, um, with more ceremonies in London. Uh, a few weeks later, uh, I'm going to be there doing some celebration, like we use a ceremony, cacao ceremonies, and some days of, of um, body work and diagnostic work. and um, and also, I'm going to attempt to teach um, this, the sunrise morning exercises that kind of like summarize all the, in, the uh, Kichwa or the, the shamanic tradition of the Kichwa in the, on the Andes. And then, um, then there's some more stuff coming up. <laughs> I'm, I'm keeping busy and doing some healing work and yeah. Uh, never really rested actually you know i'm actually resting now more than i done, i've done throughout the coronavirus because in coronavirus i had a full schedule of healing uh through zoom it was a very very important but also very you know difficult um mm. so i'm actually kind of nice relaxing a little bit um, that's nice yeah for sure travels uh, yeah yeah and all this we can find on your website Yes, yeah, come, come visit my, my website. I have all the, um, the, my schedule there and some other information. So as we go to close, I always like to come back around and ask this question. How do you feel that the work that you're doing, shamanism, plant medicine, can help to empower the spirit right now? Well, first of all, I don't think that we need to empower the spirit. I think that we need to we need to connect with spirit. Connect with spirit. Uh, okay. Yeah, but no, but uh, but you know, I, I'm going I'm going to to quote uh, my teacher Ipu Piara, uh, who was from the Uwabu tribe in uh, Brazil, uh, the people from the south, and uh, in their tradition, they believe that all humans are shamans. All humans are born with a DNA or qualities that is absolutely necessary for our human survival. We know how to dream, 
we know how to pray, we know how to give somebody a glass of water or soup or tea, we know how to hug, to say a good word. We are all healers. And it's not something special. It's not something that one person have and the other person don't. We all have to do that. We all have that because that's the only way for our own survival. So one of the things that I always say is that we have to own it. We have to own it that you are not the only, that you are not the only healer, that I am not the only healer. I'm not the only authority. You are the authority because you are given all those gifts or God gave you all these gifts and you have to use it. But more than that is that we have to take the responsibility that comes with it. In other words, we can't look at other people as different. We can't look at other people as enemies. We can't look at the environment as something that is not important or separate from us. We have to own the fact that we are all shamans. And when we take this responsibility, that is very uplifting to spirit. <laughs> mm, I love that. Taking that responsibility, own it and use it. We are all shamans. It is. I agree. It's all within us. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for your messages and for connecting with us today. Yes, thank you to your spirit. Thank you. And thank you for listening. And uh, we have a few more years to make the change. And I hope that we all come together. Be the active. That's the difficult part, to be the active, to push forward, and then also to wait and see how it happens. You know, that, that impatience that with, within us. <laughs> Yes, for sure. Thank you. But it's moving in the right direction. Believe me. Moving in the right direction. I will believe you. Thank you so much. Yes. And as Itzhak says, a new Pachakuti has begun, foreseen by an ancient Andes prophecy. The condor of the south and the eagle of the north fly together in a flight of collaboration, peace, and harmony. A radical consciousness shift. We are the light soldiers of change. We must each take responsibilities for the abilities we already have. We are all already shamans. Find balance, open the heart, and be sure to check out the first interview we did on December 12th, 2020, Shamanism, the Landscape of the Soul with Itzhak Berry. Follow Itzhak Check out his books and his classes and schedule your call with me to tune up your energy system. Thanks again for listening. This is your host, Terry Ann Hyman, to your spirit. Namaste. Namaste.